Welcome to the Bedford Alliance Church Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Luke Cugino, your discipleship pastor and host. This podcast follows along with our church-wide reading plan, which walks you through the entire New Testament and gives you an overview of the Old Testament. Join us as we dive into God's life-changing Word together. Well, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, we are finishing up the book of Luke in our BAC reading plan, in the New Testament part of our BAC reading plan. And the chapters this week cover the things leading up to and including Jesus' arrest, his trial, his crucifixion, death, and resurrection, all of those things. Now, we also get into the book of Acts this week. We read just the, the first chapter, but the first chapter of Acts fits very well with the end of Luke, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. So I want to highlight a few things in these chapters, especially at the end of the book of Luke. At the end of chapter 24, Jesus appears to his disciples. Remember, this is after the resurrection. Okay, So he's already been raised from the dead. And Jesus appears to his disciples. This is starting in verse 36. Chapter 24, verse 36. And when the disciples see him, they think they're seeing a ghost. Okay, But then Jesus says, look at my hands. Look at my feet. Touch them. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones like I do. But the disciples still can't quite believe. So what does Jesus do? He eats a piece of fish. I love that. He says, here, give me something to eat. So he eats a piece of fish. Now, what is Luke doing here? Why does he write this? Why does he include this in his his gospel? Well, he's showing that Jesus isn't just a spirit or some vision that the disciples had Okay, after the resurrection. He wasn't just some spirit. He has a physical body. Luke is confirming to us that Jesus has actually physically risen from the dead. Okay, He hasn't been resuscitated. He's not just a spirit. He's been physically risen from the dead. And Jesus now has a resurrected, glorified body, just like we will someday. So with that, just as kind of a side point here, this isn't central to the book of Luke, but just a side point, understand scripture tells us that we too will someday have resurrected bodies. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So when we die under present circumstances, our soul goes to be with the Lord immediately. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we die, our soul goes to be with the Lord. But did you know that's not our eternal state? That's not how we're going to exist for all of eternity? As human beings, we're, we're meant to be unified beings, meaning body and soul as one. We're meant to be unified as as body and soul. So when Jesus returns to earth a second time, our physical bodies are going to be resurrected and, and glorified. And our body and souls will be reunited. And heaven and earth will be united. And we're going to dwell in a new heaven and a new earth in God's presence for all of eternity. So understand, we're not going to be spirits or angels, okay? We're not just going to be floating around on clouds playing harps. 
That, that's not a biblical picture of eternity. That picture comes from culture. That's not from Scripture. Biblical eternity means we're going to dwell in a physical place on the new earth with physical bodies, bodies that can eat and touch and feel things, just like Jesus shows us here in Luke chapter 24. Think of life on this earth, but as it was always meant to be. No more death, no more suffering, no more pain, no more goodbyes, no more locked doors. Imagine that. And again, we're not just going to be playing harps all day. We're still going to have tasks to do. We're still going to have work to do. It's going to be a physical place. Okay, but we'll, we'll talk more about that in, in future episodes, especially as we get into the book of Revelation and, and all of those things. But I, I just want you to know that eternity is going to be in a physical place and we're going to have physical resurrected bodies. I want us to look forward to eternity. We should look forward to eternity because it's going to be so much greater than we can even imagine right now. But back to Luke 24, Luke confirms that Jesus has indeed risen, physically risen from the dead. Then once Jesus has assured his disciples of his resurrection, he gives them some final instructions. Okay, He says to his disciples, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. That's verse 44, chapter 24, verse 44. Now, the Old Testament has three main sections, the law, the prophets, and the writings. That's what Jesus is referencing here. So what's he saying? He's saying that the entire Old Testament points to him. He says, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And the Psalms are part of of the writings. They're the longest book in the writings. So again, the entire Old Testament points to him. That means that the Old Testament is absolutely foundational to our faith. For Luke, the Old Testament is a a Christian book from beginning to end, the entire thing. So if we truly want to understand the New Testament, we need to have an understanding of the Old Testament. And we need to learn to look for Jesus in the Old Testament as we read the Old Testament. Now, that doesn't mean that we twist verses to try to literally see Christ in in every single verse. But we need to see how the overall trajectory of the Old Testament points to him, points to Christ and is fulfilled in Christ. And how there are countless prophecies and and foreshadowings of the coming king of Jesus. So again, getting back to Luke 24, it says, Jesus opened the disciples' minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And I, I think this highlights for us that we need divine help in proper interpretation of scripture. This shows us the importance of reading scripture prayerfully because we need the Spirit's divine help to properly understand and to apply scripture. So Jesus explains to his disciples that his death and his resurrection, they were, they were part of the plan all along. And he demonstrates the importance of the Old Testament to us, the importance of the Old Testament scriptures. Then Jesus gives his disciples their final task. He says, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
Jesus is commissioning his disciples here. Just like we see at the end of some of the other gospels, at the end of Matthew and at the end of Mark. Jesus is sending out his disciples to make more disciples. But notice what he says next. Okay, don't miss this. This is actually one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. And we'll get to why. Jesus says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city, Jerusalem, until you have been clothed with power from on high. He says, I'm going to send you what I promised. What's he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascends into heaven, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes upon believers in Christ. Okay, We'll talk more about that when we get to Acts chapter 2, when we get to what's called Pentecost. That's when the Spirit comes upon believers. But don't miss the picture here. Jesus gives his disciples a mission. But notice what he says next. He says, wait. Don't start yet. Even though I just gave you a mission, wait here. Wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. Until you've been filled with the Spirit. Jesus is saying that if you try to take the gospel to all nations, if you try to make disciples of all nations apart from the power of the Spirit, you're going to fail. So wait until you are clothed with power. I love that imagery. Now, this is the perfect transition to Acts chapter 1. Okay, Because remember, Luke wrote both the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. They're both addressed to a guy named Theophilus who may have been a Roman official, may have been somebody with high social status, we're not sure. And he may have been somebody who is either new to the faith or maybe considering becoming a Christian. Again, we're not exactly sure, but they're both addressed to Theophilus. And I want you to see the connection between Luke chapter 24 and Acts chapter 1. In Luke chapter 24, like we just saw, Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem until the Spirit clothes you with power from on high. Then we come to Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Jesus tells his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. He goes on and says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he's saying the same thing as in Luke chapter 24. Wait for the Spirit to come on you. I've given you a mission, yes, but wait until you're empowered by the Spirit. Then again, in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, but you will receive power. There's that word again. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Again, Jesus gives his disciples a mission, but says it will only be possible through the Spirit's power. Another thing I want to point out here is in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, Luke writes, in my former book, Theophilus, talking about the Gospel of Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. How can it be what he began to do? Right? Because Jesus ascended to heaven at the end of the book of Luke. How is he still working if he has left us? Through the Holy Spirit. Jesus' work is not done when he ascends to heaven. It's, it's just beginning. But now he works through the Holy Spirit who dwells in each believer. So we often think of the book of Acts as the Acts of the Apostles, right? 
but really it's the acts of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. You're going to see a a marked change in the disciples after they receive power from the Spirit. Because remember in the Gospels, the, the disciples were often saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. They were messing up. They were not understanding what Jesus was saying. But then we come to the book of Acts and all of a sudden they're boldly proclaiming the gospel throughout the known world at the time. And Acts chapter 1 verse 8 serves as the outline of the entire book. Remember it says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's the order that the book of Acts follows. First, you're going to see the gospel message starting in Jerusalem. Then it goes to the surrounding regions of Judea and Samaria. And finally, it goes to the ends of the earth or to the known world at that time. It goes to Rome. So remember the book of Luke. The gospel of Luke describes Jesus going to Jerusalem. He has his mind fixed on getting to Jerusalem. The book of Acts describes the gospel going out from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we read these books together in our reading plan. Acts is the sequel to Luke. It describes how Jesus' work continues through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what I want us to think about today is, are we relying on the power of the Spirit in our lives? If we're believers in Christ, we all have God's Spirit dwelling inside of us. But he doesn't force himself on us. Okay, His power in our lives can be quenched or extinguished. He always dwells in us, but if we, if we ignore him, if we don't submit to him, if we live in persistent sin, we can extinguish his effectiveness in our lives. Paul talks about that in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, where he says, do not quench the spirit or do not stifle the spirit. So are we in step with the Holy Spirit? Or do we tend to ignore him and try to do things on our own power? Do you ever wonder why we don't see more people coming to Christ or why revival isn't more common in the church today? Why do we many times not see the gospel spreading like it did in the book of Acts or as we're going to see in the book of Acts? Maybe it's because we're not relying on the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus told his disciples to wait, wait until they were clothed with power from on high. Why? Because they would fail on their own. Maybe we fail because we try to do things in our own strength and wisdom. And and just being honest with you, this is convicting for me as well. Okay, we're all in this together. But I want to encourage you, if you feel like you've been ignoring the Spirit's power in your life, I want to encourage you to submit to him. Submit to the Holy Spirit. And yes, you can can pray to the Holy Spirit. He's fully God. Okay, He's one of the three persons of the Trinity. Submit to him. Pray, Luke 24, verse 49. Ask him to clothe you with power from on high. Imagine what a difference it would make in our church, in our community, if we were all, as members of Bedford Alliance Church, if we were all in step with the Spirit and we allowed His power to flow through us. 
We have access to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The almighty, all-powerful God dwells inside of us. The one who created the entire universe, all the stars, the galaxies, the planets, everything. That God dwells inside of us. Let's not take that for granted. And let's submit to his power in our lives. We can't do this on our own. We can't fulfill the Great Commission on our own. We can't lead people to Christ on our own. We are totally dependent on him. So let's submit to him. And let's be his witnesses in all of temperance, in all of Michigan, all of the U.S., and to the ends of the earth for his glory. Glory.